Uh, today, today the scripture for reading are taken from Acts chapter six, verses two to eighteen. Verse two, King Agrippa, I consider myself fortunate to stand before you today, as I make my defense against all the accusations of the Jews, and especially so because you are well acquainted with all the Jewish customs and controversies. And therefore, I beg you to listen to me patiently. The Jewish people all know the way I have lived ever since I was a child, from the beginning of my life in my own country, and also in Jerusalem. They have known me for a long time and can testify, if they are willing, that I conformed to the strictest sect of our religion. Living as a Pharisee, and now it is because of my hope in what God has promised our ancestors that I am on trial today. This is the promise of our twelve tribes, are hoping to see fulfilled as they earnestly serve God day and night. King Agrippa, it is because of this hope that these Jews are accusing me. Why should any of you consider it? Incredible that God raises the dead. I too was convinced that I ought to do all that was possible to oppose the name of Jesus of Nazareth, and that is just what I did in Jerusalem. On the authority of the chief priests, I put many of the Lord's people in prison, and when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. Many a time, I went from one synagogue to another to have them punished, and I tried to force them to、uh, blaspheme. I was so obsessed, obsessed with persecuting them that I even hunted them down in foreign countries, foreign cities. On one of these journeys, I was going to Damascus. With the authority and commission of the chief priests, about noon, King Agrippa, as I was on the road, I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, blazing around me and any companions. We all fell to the ground, and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, "Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me?" It is hard for you to kick against the goats. Then I asked, "Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting." The Lord replied, "Now get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and a witness of what you have seen and will see of me. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles." I am sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan to God, so that they may receive forgiveness of sin and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. This is God's word for us.、Uh, you may take your seat, please. Thank you, Leo. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Word of God. And as we're going to see this morning, you speak 
You speak by the Holy Spirit through the Bible, through prayer, through circumstances, and the church to reveal yourself, your purposes, and your ways. God, I thank you that you speak. And Lord, as we come to this time now where we gather around your word, I pray in a very precious way that you would speak to our hearts this morning. That the gospel would be so easy to understand. Lord, there are many in this room to whom English is a second or third language. But Holy Spirit, you are our teacher. And I pray that you would give the ability to understand. To understand in such a way that we get it. Holy Spirit, you are the one who reveals truth. You are the one who enables us to understand the word. And I pray that, God, you would do just that. I pray that, God, you would quiet our hearts. There are things we carried in here with us this morning. For some of us, we didn't sleep well last night. And I just pray, God, a special anointing upon this service and upon your word. That, God, we will not only hear your voice, but we will move in response to what it is that you are saying to us. I ask all this and pray all this, Father, in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. Just a quick word of thanks to God for bringing us to Hong Kong. Um, Been getting weather reports from those who live back where we came from in the United States. Um, Hold on to your hats. 94 centimeters of snow. (laughs) I am so thankful to God for for bringing us to Hong Kong. It's like, thank you, God. I I could feel that wind and the snow. Oh, I am so grateful to be here. (laughs) We are in week four of a series called Experiencing God, Knowing and Doing the Will of God. It is not just enough to know what it is that God wants We have to do what it is that God wants. But in order to be able to do that, we need to be able to hear what it is that God is saying. And God speaks to us, doesn't he? Over the last four weeks, we've looked at at three three different realities of God. The first was what? That was weak. That was weak. The first one we know that is God is always at work. Every person that you see, every person that you come in contact with, over 10,000 people a day pass in front of this church. And my prayer has always been that God opened their eyes, opened their eyes to the truth. I may not be able to speak Cantonese or Mandarin, but God, you know their hearts and you are the one that is at work in their lives. Every person that is here this morning, it isn't by coincidence that you're here. God is the one who's working in your heart. And you may say, I don't believe in God, I don't want God, but God is the one who is pursuing you. That is the second reality. God is pursuing you to have a relationship with you. It is a love relationship, a relationship that is real and personal and based upon his love. And then the third reality is that God invites us. Remember, God's invitation to join him in what it is that he's already doing is in the midst of a relationship. It is never outside of relationship. If you do not have a relationship with God or you are not walking with God at this time, God is not going to invite you to join Him in what He's doing. That joining Him comes in the midst of relationship. That's why it's so important that that relationship be in the place where it should be. And we're going to be talking about that more this morning. Which brings us to the fourth reality. That God speaks. God speaks by the Holy Spirit through the Bible, 
through prayer, through circumstances and the church to reveal himself, his purposes, and his ways. We read out of Acts chapter 26 this morning. We're going to deal more with that next week. I'm going to deal with more of the first part of this. But when God speaks, he speaks to reveal himself. When he spoke to Paul, he revealed who it was. That is a scary text. God loves his church. God loves his church. He's called his bride. And when Paul, when Saul is attacking the church, he says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he says, who are you? I am Christ whom you are persecuting. When we take steps to talk about others in the church, when we take steps to run down the church, we are trashing the bride of Christ. And he takes that very seriously. I say that for us as your pastor, that be careful what we say in community groups, in times over meals. We are called to love one another. In this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. I will just also say at the, at the onset of this message that this isn't probably going to be one of the most easy sermons to hear. But when you called me a year ago, you called me to preach the word. And this morning, there are some things in here that we as the body are going to be listening to. But God calls us. God, whenever he came, he comes to somebody, he speaks. Did Paul know that it was God? He absolutely did. God revealed himself. And when he reveals himself, he reveals himself to give us faith. Did Paul need to know that later on, that God called him? He did. As he was going to face what it was that God was going to give him, he needed to know that it was God himself who called him. God reveals himself. He reveals his purposes. He reveals what it is that he is going to do. We don't go to God and say, God, okay, here's what I'm going to do. Would you bless that? Mm, That doesn't work. We try that, don't we? But it never works. God doesn't come to us and say, hey, what would you like to do? God, when he comes and when he came to Paul, he said, this is what you're going to do. And this is what I'm going to do through you. When God came to Moses, he said, this is what you're going to do. God reveals himself his purposes, and then the way in which he is going to bring it about. The way in which God is going to bring it about. And sometimes we look and we say, there is no way that that is ever going to happen. If, if it makes sense to us, it probably isn't of God. Okay? God's ways are not our ways, neither are his thoughts our thoughts. That's a little bit of a prelude to next week's message. But where I want to begin today is that God speaks. God spoke all throughout the, throughout the Old Testament, throughout the New Testament, God spoke. He spoke to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. He spoke to Noah. He spoke to Moses in the midst of the burning bush. He spoke to David. He spoke through the prophets. He spoke at the very beginning and at the very end of Scripture in the book of Revelation. We find John on the Sabbath day, on the Lord's day. We find John and God, Jesus, approaches him and speaks to him there. But know this. How God spoke is not the important thing. How God spoke is not the important thing because we can, then we can be tempted to go and say, well, where's my burning bush? I've got to go out and look for the burning bush or I've got to look for that Damascus Road experience. How God spoke is not the thing. That God spoke is what is so important. God speaks, and God speaks to our hearts today. Here's the thing, though. If you are having trouble understanding, if you are having trouble hearing the voice of God, if you are having trouble discerning the voice of God, 
You need to stop what you're doing. If you are having trouble discerning the voice of God, you need to stop what you are doing. And you need to go back and you need to make sure that your relationship with God is what it should be. You need to stop what you're doing. Sometimes we are at a place in our relationship where we're saying, I'm just not hearing from God. God is speaking. God is speaking to our hearts. And if you are having trouble discerning what it is that God is saying to your heart, you need to stop right there and go back to the place and say, God, where in my relationship? What is going on in my relationship? Where did I veer off in my relationship, God? Because I know you didn't move. I'm the one who moved. God, show me, please. And there ought to be a cry of desperation in our hearts because God is speaking. And whenever, know this, whenever God speaks... He speaks to show us what it is that he's going to do. Whenever God speaks, it's because he's getting ready to do something. And he's getting ready to do that through you and through me. That's why it is so important that our relationship be at the place where when God speaks, I know that it is God. Because when God spoke in the Bible, did they know that it was God? Without a doubt. Why is that so important? Because what God calls you to, you're going to need to go back to that time and know God called me, God spoke to me then, and that is my time, and I know that God spoke to me. And if you're at that place where you're not able to discern the voice of God, you need to stop what you're doing. And you need to say, God, would you show me? God, would you cleanse my heart? God, would you work in my heart to show me? Where is it, God? that I'm, not, I'm in that right place because it is of utmost importance that we know when God is speaking and what it is that he is saying to our hearts. God speaks. God speaks by the Holy Spirit. God speaks by the Holy Spirit, the, the third person of the Trinity. God speaks by the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? Just a, a, few, a few teaching, a short teaching on the, on the Holy Spirit. We read in, in John chapter uh, thir- John chapter. 14, verse 26, it says, But the Counselor, the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you what? He will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said. He is the Counselor. He is sent from the, Holy, he is sent from the Father, and He's sent to teach us all things. The second thing that we see that He is, He's our teacher. John chapter 16, verse 13. But when He, and what is He called? the Spirit of truth. When He comes, the Spirit of truth, He will guide you into what? He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of His own. He will speak only what He hears, and He will tell you of what is yet to come. God the Father has His will for our lives. And God the Father takes His will and His Word, and through the Holy Spirit causes them to intersect in our lives. He will always lead you in the way of truth. He will never contradict the Word of God. The Holy Spirit will never contradict the Word of God. He will never tell you to do something that goes contrary to the Word of God. Hear this now. When you hear somebody come and they say, Okay, I've got a, I've got a teaching from the Lord. You're not going to find this one in the Bible. This one God gave me. When you hear that, run. The Holy Spirit will not contradict the Word of God. He will always share with you what it is that God is saying in His Word. He is the Spirit of truth. And He will always lead us into what it is, into the Word, into truth as well. And He will always speak through the Bible. 
He speaks through the Bible. And as we, as we look at the Bible as well, if we could have that next slide come up there. We know that the Bible, what does it say? The Word of God is living. This is a living document. Whether you are reading God's Word like I am right now, or you have it on your phone, or your tablet, whatever, this is a living document. It's not something that is dead. This Word of God is living. It's living and it's active. It's active in our lives. God is the one who speaks through the Word. Hear this. Truth is never discovered. Truth is never discovered. Truth is always revealed by God. There are times as we hear God's Word, and it's just like, ooh, wow, that one went right to my heart. Or, oh my, I, I, I got it. When that happens, that's God's Holy Spirit working in your life to help you to understand. He is the Spirit of truth. He's been sent by God to be your counselor, to be your teacher. He will always lead you in the way of truth. So that when, when you realize something, when you come to that place, of like, oh, wow, God, you spoke to my heart. That's the Holy Spirit revealing truth to you. Truth is never discovered. It is always revealed to our hearts and lives. The Word of God is living. It is living and active and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates in dividing the soul, the spirit and joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of our hearts. As you open up God's Word, as you open up God's Word, this is a living document. This is one of those things where I'm going to say right now and it might not be the most comfortable. In one of the churches that I pastored, and I'm not going to say if it was a man or a woman, but the, the person was talking about their spouse, and the person said that their spouse was a Christian. They said their, their spouse loved God, but did, not love, but did not want to read God's Word, did not want to pray. I'm sorry, I struggle with that. Because to love God is to love His Word. To love God is to love His, his Son. And it's to love Him, is to, to desire to be in communion with Him. Now I understand, there are times in our lives where we walk through the dark night of the soul where it's difficult to pick up God's Word. Or at times where we read God's Word and it's like, it, it's not saying anything to me and I really struggle. But spending time in God's Word and saying, God, would you help me to understand? And developing that love for God's Word. God speaks through the Holy Spirit. God speaks by the Holy Spirit through the Bible. He speaks through the, by, through the Bible. He says in John chapter, John chapter 10, verse 27, he said, my sheep, they, they what? They listen to my voice. I know them, and they, and they follow me. I was reading a story about a number of years ago about a, a, a shepherdess. She was an older lady in the Middle East, and she had 10 sheep. That's all she had. But she knew those sheep intimately. I mean, to me, sheep are sheep. They all look alike. But this lady, she could tell every single one of them. She knew them all by name. She, you know, she'd been there with the, from the time that they were a lamb. And somebody stole five of those sheep. She looked all over the place for these sheep. And one day she went to a, a market that had all kinds of sheep. They were all in the, in the same pen together. And she was simply talking to somebody. And the sheep put, the, put their head up because they heard her voice. And they, da, 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 da. they came walking right over to her. There were her five sheep. They knew her voice. 
Sheep will not go to somebody that they don't know. In fact, they will run away. But a sheep that knows its shepherd's voice will listen and follow where it is that they go. Jesus says in John chapter 10, verse 27, My sheep hear my voice. Listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Now, this is where this begs the question. So what is it that God has been speaking to you? And saying to you, and asking of you, asking of you. And have you been listening to that? I, I don't know what it might be. You know, practical examples. Uh, maybe you're struggling with an attitude. Somebody at work, your employer, somebody has done something to you, and you just—I mean—it is stuck in your craw, and you just you, every time you see that person, and God is saying to you, forgive. You're saying, well, I'll forgive when they... No, no, God doesn't say it. He says, I'll call you to forgive them. Or maybe there's something else that God is saying, you know, I, I would like you to do this. And, and you're saying, mm, I, 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 I don't think so. God in his word says that we can grieve the Holy Spirit and we can um, quench the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. You know what it means to quench... Um, let, let, let me give you just a, a, a real quick example. Um, you're, you're making something on, on the stove, and your pan is really, really hot. And so you take it off the stove, and to cool down the pan, you turn the water on. And it's really not good for the pan, but you put the pan under the water, and it's, it, it cool, that's to quench. And God says that we can quench the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. To quench the Holy Spirit is when he specifically asks us to do something and we choose to say no to what it is that he's asking us to do. That's to quench the Holy Spirit. To grieve the Holy Spirit is to knowingly do something that he has said, I don't want you to do that. That grieves the Holy Spirit. God has said, I don't want you hanging around that person. Every time you hang around that person, that your, your conversation goes in the tank. You guys start to gossip. You guys start to tear things down. I, I don't want that. I want what comes out of your mouth to bring glory to me. And when we knowingly choose to go against what it is that God says, that grieves the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and they, and they listen to me. God speaks by the Holy Spirit through the Bible. But he doesn't speak only just through the Bible. Uh, okay, uh, one more thing. Uh, God always equates obedience, hearing. Uh, that's number five. All scr- okay, I, I missed something here. The Word of God is living and active. It's also God-breathed. That's an important one. Because it is God-breathed, it has authority. It has authority. Um, because sometimes they can say, oh, you know, Pastor, I, I hear what you're saying, but it ain't happening in my life. I'm not, I'm not doing it. Okay, don't shoot the messenger. God says his word is God-breathed. That means he is the one who spoke it. He is the one who led the writers of Scripture to write what he wanted them to write through the, through the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So that when we read God's word, it has authority. Now, 
the moment that you prayed to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, many different things happened in your life. Number one, you were, you were called a child of God. John chapter 1, verse 12, For as many as received him to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the child of God. You are God's child. You were moved from one category to the next category, to a different category. You became God's child at that moment. The Holy Spirit was given to you at that time. But when you prayed to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, we don't just pray to receive Jesus as our personal Savior so we can have fire insurance. We just don't pray to receive Jesus Christ. Now I'm not going to go to hell. And then we're going to live our life the way we want to. Acts chapter 2 verse 36 says, This Christ whom you crucified, God has made both, watch the word order, God has made both Lord and Christ. He is this Jesus whom you crucified, uh, Peter says, God has made both Lord and Savior. When you prayed to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, He not only came to be your Savior, but He came as well to be your to be your Lord. And so when He asks, when He speaks through His Word, when He speaks through the spoken Word, when He speaks to our hearts, we need to be quick to respond to what it is that He is saying. God always, and the Scriptures always equate hearing with doing. He always equates that. And when, especially when you read the letters to the seven churches in Revelation. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. He always equates hearing with, with doing. God speaks by the Holy Spirit through the Word. But he also speaks in the midst of prayer. God many times speaks, prayer is a relationship, isn't it? And I don't know about you. One of the toughest things that I've had to do since moving to Hong Kong is prayer. I, I think that there is there's some struggle with, with darkness here in, in Hong Kong. I, I think for me, coming from a... I was talking with a, a man uh, in our new... They just moved to our flat from Singapore. And he said, you know, he came from Singapore. And I said, well, I came from a place in the northern part of the United States, a town of 8,000. It's like... You know, it was a small, small place there. and You could go out and you could find a quiet place to walk and to pray. It's a lot different here in Hong Kong. And I wonder sometimes as I walk the promenade here in Wampo and people see my, my lips moving but there's nothing coming out. It's like, was that guy lost his mind or what? But I have to find a place to pray. Prayer is a relationship. And it is in the midst of that relationship that God speaks to our hearts. But be careful. Be careful what you bring to prayer. We can bring our requests and our desires. But praying in such a way, listen to how David prayed in Psalm chapter 25, verses 5 and 9. He says, Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are God my Savior and my hope is in you all day long. In verse 9, he guides the humble in what is right. And teaches them his way. His way. God's ways are not our ways. Neither are his thoughts our thoughts. And sometimes we want to, we're in the midst of prayer and we're asking God, God, would you do this? Or God, would you direct this? And sometimes God, in his direction, goes counter to what we desire. 
many years ago when I still had red hair and I had a red mustache, we were preparing to go overseas. We had, uh, had graduated from uh, Crown College with a degree in missions, and we had uh, been doing our, our home service, working with uh, the Hmong and the Lao and Vietnamese in, in California, preparing to go to Laos or Thailand or someplace. And the last hurdle was a, was a, um, a pre-appointment interview. And so we sat in that pre-appointment interview for five hours, and at the end of that interview, uh, we were told that uh, we weren't going that they weren't going to send us. And I, I thought, okay, there were so many hoops that we had jumped through at that point. I thought, okay, okay, you, you mean until I go through the next thing. And he finally said, young man, he said, you don't understand. We are not sending you overseas. I was devastated. It was like, okay, now what? And they said, well, we want you to, to take a pastorate. And I thought, boy, that's a convenient way of saying you're fired. And so, so we began to pursue pastorate. And for the next 26 years, we served God as a pastor. But God never took away that passion. Never took Every time we came in contact with somebody who was Asian, whether they were from Vietnam or Hmong or, or Chinese, there was something in our heart we were always drawn to it. And I remember saying to God, God, I don't understand. Why? Why didn't you allow us to go overseas? And this was probably 15 years ago now. And it was in a time of prayer. And God said, when will you stop questioning my will for your life? It was like, oh, okay. I will never do that again. Not knowing that 26 years later that God said, now is my time. I have given you this passion. I've never taken away that passion in your heart for Asia. But now is my time. And sometimes in the midst of prayer, we need to be at that place where when God speaks, no matter what he says, we immediately do what it is that God says. Because God speaks through the Bible. He speaks through prayer. But he also speaks in the midst of circumstances. Excuse me, in the midst of circumstances. Sometimes we walk through things in our lives and we have no, one, no idea. God, why? What did you do this? I imagine Mary and Martha, John chapter 11. They send the word out to Jesus. Lord, the one that you love is, is sick. Jesus had a relationship, a very close relationship with Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus. And I imagine they thought when they sent the word to Jesus, Lord, the one that you love is sick. He was going to drop whatever it was that he was doing. Come there, say a word, touch whatever he's going to do, and Lazarus was going to be raised up. And he doesn't show. And you guys know as well in an Asian culture how when somebody passes away, the presence of somebody, especially those close, is very important. And Jesus doesn't show. The funeral happens, and one day passes, and two days passes, and three days passes, and four days passes. In the Jewish mindset, erroneously, the, the soul of the body hovered around the body for three days. And after that, there was no hope. And Jesus shows up when there's no hope. Can you imagine in Mary and Martha's heart what they must have been thinking? Why? And sometimes in the midst of our circumstances, some of us right now are facing things that we're just saying, this is not fair. This is not right. I was released from my job or I'm in the midst of a situation where I'm being sued or I'm in the midst of a situation where I don't know what the future is going to hold. And God, what are you doing? Why are you doing this in the midst of this time? And in the midst of those situations that we do not understand, 
we need to determine in our heart that God absolutely loves us and that he has his absolute best for us. Don't try to determine. Don't try to understand what God is like in the middle of your circumstances. Don't try to understand what God is like. But rather, in the midst of those circumstances, go to number eight, please. Ask God for his perspective. Ask God for his perspective. But when God shows you, whatever he shows you to do, do it immediately. Whatever God shows you to do, do it immediately. I was reading uh, two things, two, two stories along this line. A number of years ago, I was praying and said, God, you have given me not only the ability to preach, given me an absolute passion to preach. I love to preach. I'm an introvert by nature, but I love to preach. You get me up here, and I just love it. But then put me other places, and I just want to be quiet. But I said, God, if you ever give me the opportunity, I know I pastor a church, but if you ever provide other opportunities outside of the church where somebody needs, where you want me to preach at something, Lord, I will always say yes to you. Because I will know that, God, that is you at work. And so there have been times, there have been opportunities where people have said, hey, could you, we, we need somebody to preach at this. Would you be willing? Yes. Because that's God. I, pre, I already determined long ago that, God, if you ever ask me to do this, I will do this. This past week, part of my responsibility as your pastor is also that I'm a chaplain at, at CAAS. And they asked me, the, the headmaster asked me this week, he said, there's a camp coming up. And we want to know if we can put your name forward as the speaker for the camp. And what was my response? Yes. Because I had already determined long ago that, God, if you ever ask me to do this, I will do that. Then they asked this week, there are two chapels coming up. Will you preach at those chapels? Yes. Because I had already determined long ago that, God, if you ever ask me to do this, I will do this. When God tells you what it is that he wants you to do, do that immediately. Henry Blackaby, in his book, Experiencing God, talks about a, a, a young man who went to medical school. And while he was in med- medical school, he rose to the very top of the class. His family and others in the, in the medical, um, medical school said, you need to do this, you need to pursue this, this area. The problem was that he had, he had felt God calling him to be a medical doctor, but on the mission field. And people said... <laughs> Don't waste your life on the mission field. You have too much talent. You know, God has given you this talent and this ability. And I mean, he rose to the top of his class. And now 30 years had passed. And he went to a place where he was hearing about experiencing God. And at that place, about doing what it was that God called him to do. And he went up to Dr. Blackaby afterward and he said, 30 years ago, I sensed God calling me to be a medical missionary. But he said, now I'm, I'm 30 years down the road. He said, what, what should I do? And Dr. Blackaby just simply said, you need to obey God immediately. But he said, it's been 30 years. He said, you don't understand. There is an eternal dimension to God's voice. There is an eternal dimension to what it is that God says. In the same way, in the same way that we talked about last week, or two weeks ago, about God's timing. There is an eternal dimension to God's timing. There is also an eternal dimension to when God speaks. 
He said you need to do immediately what it was that God called you to do. And sometimes we struggle with that. Well, I can't. Well, who's going to take care of my children? I got children here. and What's going to happen to them? The God who called you, his word says, is faithful. He will do it. When Becca and I were preparing to come here, it was like, God, you can't be serious. You have four kids, and we just got, you know, all, all of them are married now. We're starting to have grandchildren. And God gave us the verse, and I never saw it before, that those, it says, those who leave father and mother and children, and I had never seen that text before, will not fail to inherit. And he goes on to say that the God who calls you is faithful. He will do what it is. He will take care of you. He will take care of your children. He will take care of whatever it is. Because remember, when he speaks, he speaks to reveal himself. When he speaks, he reveals something about his character that we will need to go back to time and time again. He reveals himself. He reveals his plan. This is what I'm planning to do. And then he reveals how it is that he's going to bring it about. God speaks through the Holy Spirit. He speaks by the Holy Spirit through prayer, through the Bible, through prayer, through circumstances, and lastly, through the church. He speaks through the church. When you, when you hit your finger, maybe some of you have never done this, when you hit your finger with a hammer, it is not just your finger that feels that. It is your whole body that feels that. It's like, ouch. And when God speaks to the church, See, God speaks individually, God speaks to your family, but God also speaks corporately to the church. And when God speaks, he speaks to the whole church. As I look at you guys at the church, I mean, we are an eclectic mix. We are a mix from all over the world. India, from South Africa, from New Zealand, Australia, from the United States, from Korea. from all, I know I'm missing somebody. Philippines, the UK. I mean, we are from all over the world in this congregation, from Nigeria. I mean, we are people from all over the world. And we've all been given gifts. Know this. You are not in this church by accident. The God who is pursuing you is pursuing you to have a relationship with you. But the God who is pursuing you is the God who is also divinely putting people and and gifts together within this church. For some of you, you have the gift of teaching. Others of you, you have the gift of mercy. We need I need the mercy gift people around me. They drive me crazy sometimes, but I, I need them because mercy is not the strongest point. I bring Becca to the hospital with me because she's stronger in the, in the mercy gifts than I am. We need those people with mercy. Some of you have the gift of prophecy. You see things very black and white. Others of you, you have the gift of wisdom. Others of you, you have the gift of of being able to worship and lead in worship. Others of you, your gift is in prayer. Others of you, your gift is in giving. And and the list goes on and on. But I know that there is one gift that God has not given us in this church, and it is the gift of sitting in your chair. God has not given anyone that gift. If you are part of... Now, if you're a visitor here today, you get a pass. You, You get a pass. But if you're here... For like a month, and you've been, you say, this is the place I want to kind of, I want to land here. 
if you're here, welcome. Welcome to the show because God says, I want to use you in what it is that I'm doing here in Alliance International Church. He wants your gifts. He wants your gifts in the game. He wants us as a church because when God speaks, he not only speaks through the Bible, he not only speaks through prayer and circumstances, but he also speaks to the church. So, how is that working? We have a large Filipino group. We have large Hong Kong Chinese group. We have a smattering of others, Americans and New Zealand, Australian. How are we doing loving one another. Because we can come to church on a Sunday morning, but it can be a very... What's the word I'm looking for? Segregated time. Jesus says, By this all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have loved one for another. The early church was a church that was made up of groups just like this. There were servants, there were, there were people, there were all kinds of people. But the one thing that distinguished the early church was that they loved one another. If we are to move forward with what it is and where it is that God would have us to... Hang on with me, folks, I'm almost done. If we are to move forward with where it is that God would have us to go, we must, as a, as a body, love one another. And if we don't, we have to be saying, okay, so... What is it that's keeping me from loving that person? Because Christ is here, isn't he? Christ is here, and he is the one who calls us to love one another. Because he will speak, and he will speak to the church. An example of this, the last church that I pastored, when I got there, um, we were doing three services. I thank the Lord I don't have to preach three services on a Sunday. I was dead by the time I got done on Sunday morning. I preached three services, and the, the sanctuary was small. Don and Lynn, you guys have never been in the old sanctuary. But, um, the sanctuary was small, and the, the foyer was one of these foyers that we would have one service coming out and another service coming in, and it was just packed with people. Then on top of it, we seriously, we had a hallway that was about as wide as this, as, this, uh, as these rugs here, and Beyond that was, was the promised land. That was where the donuts and the coffee was uh, on the other side. And so all these people are trying to get through here to get to the promised land, to get those donuts and to get that coffee on, on the other side. And it was a terrible bottleneck. Terrible bottleneck. The sound system in, in the sanctuary was, it was just tough. Just really, really tough. And so we, we had a vision planning time, and I talked to the elders ahead of time, and I said, be praying and be fasting and be asking God where it is that he would have us to go, not only as a church, but what are we going to do with this building, with this facility? So we got together, and one of the last things that we did uh, at that vision planning time was I said, okay, so what is it that you sense God is saying to you about this building? Crickets. And nobody said anything. And finally, one guy, he said, well, okay, I'll go first. And he said, he said, this sounds so stupid. He said, but I believe that God is calling us to build a facility that will be able to, uh, be able to minister to 1,000 people on a Sunday morning. It doesn't mean the sanctuary was for 1,000, but we'll be able to minister to about 1,000 people on, su- on Sunday morning. 
And I'm listening and thinking, oh my goodness. And the next guy is like, no way! That's exactly what God has been saying to me. And right down the line. And they said to me, it came to me, I was the last one, and they said, Pastor, what do you think? I said, what do I think? I think I want to go screaming into the night. I said, do you guys realize what you're talking about? But I said, that's the same thing that God has been speaking to me about. And so we began to do nothing in response to what God said. Don't do that. And three years went by. And one of the elders, he said, he was fairly upset in in our elder meeting. He said, we need to stop. He said, God spoke to us three years ago that we were to start working on, on a new church building, and we haven't done anything. He said, we cannot move forward until we start doing what it is, excuse me, that God told us to do. I was like, okay. And so we gathered the church together. And we had meetings because there were situations that were going on in the church where people were at odds with one another and there was not love. And we had this time where we drew the church together and we listened and we talked about where it is that we sensed God going. So that when the day came that we decided we as a church were going to build this church, we moved forward as a church to build that facility. And today there's a beautiful facility back there. But I look back and I say, God led the church He led the church to do that building. He didn't lead just a few people. He led the church. And I'm asking God right now, I'm asking God, God, what is it that you're saying to Alliance International Church? What is it that you want us to be doing? Where is it that you want us to be ministering at? God, what is it that you're saying? And God will speak to us as the church. But it goes all the way back to that first point. If you are having trouble discerning the voice of God, and don't say, please, don't say, well, my voice doesn't matter. Your voice matters because God puts you here, and God gifted you, and God's called you to be part of this body called Alliance International Church. And that's why as a body, we need to be at that place of where our relationship is right, so that we can be in the place of where we're hearing from God. Amen? Amen. This morning as we close the message out, I have a hunch that there, for some of us, that very first thing that we said has, has spoken to our heart. Maybe God has spoken as well that you're doing something that is quenching his spirit or something that is grieving his heart. Maybe there's something that God has been saying to you and you've been saying no and God would be saying today, If you hear my voice, don't harden your heart. And you would like someone to pray with you. I want to invite you to come up. We're going to have prayer. And at the end of prayer, I want to invite you to come up. Ladies, a lady will pray with you. Man, a man will pray with you. As well, on Communion Sunday, we also take the opportunity to anoint and pray for those who are sick. God's word is said, is is anyone among you sick? Let him call upon the elders of the church and be anointed with oil. God gives us that precious privilege of coming before him. We don't demand, we don't say, God, this is what you're going to do. We simply come as his children humbly before him based upon what his word is said. And we ask him for that healing. If that's where you are at this morning and you would like uh, prayer for healing, again, we would invite you to come up here. All right? I'm going to pray, I'm going to uh, have a word of benediction, and then I'm going to, uh, I'm just going to ask if we would leave quietly, visit.
you guys love to visit, we need to visit, but if we could do so quietly so that those who come up for prayer would, would be available to, or would be able to hear them as well. Let me pray for you. Precious Father, we thank you. We thank you that you love us so deeply that you will speak to our hearts. You speak to us individually. You speak to us as families. You speak to us as a body of believers here. Lord, it is not coincidence that we have called Alliance International Church our home. It's not coincidence that you brought Becca and I from the United States at the time that you did. That's not coincidence. It's not even coincidence that we are here today. Because, God, you are the one who pursues us to have a relationship with us. And precious Father, as we have heard your truth today, I would ask in the name of Jesus that, Lord, we would walk in obedience with whatever it is that you have said to our hearts today. I pray, God, whatever it might be that would be standing in our way, Lord, would you reveal that? I pray that, God, as a, as a congregation, that we will love one another. We will cross aisles and get to know one another. That, Lord, you would take this body of believers from all over the world and that you'd use this church to turn this area upside down for your kingdom. You did it with a band of 11. I can't imagine, God, what you're going to do with us. But Lord, show us yourself. Show us what it is that you have planned, and then show us how it is that you want it to be accomplished. We are your church. We are your servants. We are your children. And God, I pray that we would walk in obedience and humility before whatever it is that you And Lord, as you lead us away from here today, I pray, God, for the protection of your hand. I pray for Hong Kong. Lord, we love this city. And it breaks our heart to see what's going on. And God, we can say, when's it ever going to end? But God, you are still on the throne. You are eternal. And you are the God of this city. You are the God of all hope. And I pray, God, for your grace and for your peace to be poured out over this city. I pray that, God, you would work in such a way to bring many hearts to your, to your side. God, go with this precious flock. Watch over them. Speak to them in the midst of your word. Minister to them as they ride on the MTR or the bus or as they walk along the promenade at night. Speak to them, Father, in a way that they absolutely know that you've spoken And give us a resolve, Lord, to do whatever you call. And I pray this, Father, in Jesus' precious name. May the grace and the peace and the love of God the Father be with you. May he be the one that takes you by the hand and leads you through this week. May he be the one that lifts, be the lifter of your heart and your head. May he be the one that touches your heart. And may he be the one that heals the brokenness. 
And I pray this all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Go in the grace and in the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ.